Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve, and we're going to talk about some stuff today. So what we're going to talk about is the word atonement, theological concept. About the only time we ever hear the word is when you're sitting in church, and once a year maybe the some pastor mentioned the word atonement. Once in a while, I'll hear the word in a movie where somebody says, you need to atone for that, or you're just atoning for the murder you committed. So it's usually in the concept, context of a murder mystery show, and it's kind of used in the way that that you need to do something to make up for what you did wrong. That That's in the, in the movies. I hear that. So in the scripture, the term atonement is used quite a bit. So I'm sitting here with uh, Taylor, technical director, and I'm just going to ask Taylor, hey, what what comes to your mind when you hear the word atonement? And yeah, what comes to your mind? So without getting too deep and in very simple terms, atonement to me is the death of Jesus Christ. Okay, great. Yeah, good answer. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so from the Christian perspective, the atonement has to do with what Jesus did on the cross, and we might say to atone for our sins. So what I want to do is talk about that for a little bit because and I have a real practical application that I want to talk about with it. But this uh, in the Old Testament, the atonement happened through the animal sacrifices that people did, and Jesus is our sacrifice for us today. And in the Old Testament, the word for atone is kafar. That's the Hebrew term, and it means to cover up, uh, wipe away. It can be translated to reconcile or harmony or placate would be another way that it gets, it gets used. And uh, sometimes the atonement was for the entire nation of Israel, and we call that Yom Kippur. And that, that term, um, Yom means day, Kippur means atonement. So it's the day of atonement, and where the national sins would be uh, wiped away for Israel as well. And so that is part of Jewish tradition or the way that the Jews uh, did things as well. And uh, a couple things they would do, they would people would need to bring sacrifices into the temple to cover their individual sins. And depending on your level of wealth, it could be uh, birds or uh, a lamb, uh, an animal uh, would be the sacrifice as well. So with this atonement picture, what we have is what's going on in the Old Testament, I think, is a picture of what Jesus did for us. So Taylor, have you ever heard the term scapegoat? Yes, especially when dealing with this topic. Okay, so tell me tell me what you know about the scapegoat concept. Uh, very little, just when it comes to animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. They would use a what they would call it, or what we would call a scapegoat, to um, get rid of or clean them of their sins for a period of time. So do you know how it worked, how they literally did this? Um, again, very little, so yeah, I know yeah. they would... They would um, look among their sheep or animal i'm not sure if the type right. of animal was sheep. specific um but they would find the best the prettiest looking lamb mm -hmm. of all the sheep and then they would welcome this lamb into their home and treat it as a family member and really love on this animal and then they would kill it and it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part you don't like um well i think it's a very I get very emotional okay, over this yeah. whole topic because it's such a, uh, it's a beautiful story, but it, it, it 
it's uh, hard to talk about too. Sure, and because I'm a farm kid and I grew mm-hmm. up around slaughtering animals, you know, it doesn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. That's it, just doesn't. So, just letting everybody know. So, uh, yeah. So with the scapegoat, they would take the goat, they would slaughter one and put the blood on the priest's hands, and then they would put that blood on the other goat, and then send it away, take it out in the wilderness and let it wander away, and that goat would die, presumably, obviously. And so the idea was that the blood of the people or the sins of the people would be on the goat and it would take them far away from people. So that was the idea of the scapegoat. So that that all kind of came, changed around when Jesus died on the cross because Hebrews tells us that Jesus is our Passover lamb. So Jesus is, in a sense, fulfilling that as well. So, yeah, great, Taylor. That um, And you told me you kind of got exposed to this at a camp. You went to Hume Camp once, right? Tell yes. me about that. So a uh, camp that I did through Grace Community Fellowship, Camp Hume, we had a speaker there named Chris Hilkin, and I learned a lot about this subject through him. What else do you remember? <laughs> Anything um, about this topic? In terms of animal sacrifice or the atonement of Jesus? The atonement, yeah. Um, or both. In, yeah. Okay. Well, ooh, that's, I mean, there's a lot to get into <laughs> to that. Right. Well, um, yeah, just do you have one or two takeaways or? I think really focusing on the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God literally, like, there is a relationship between them. There is a bond and that he was not only died on the cross but suffered on the cross um for us and to say things like you know all you got to do is be good to get into heaven well that's essentially saying that you know jesus is jesus christ's death was pointless and i mean just hearing that from a father's perspective that your son's death was pointless i mean that's pretty powerful and terrible and so many other things um i think jesus being the son of god was a huge takeaway for me yeah so let me see if i have what you're saying right that if i can get to heaven by being a good person or just on my own then jesus died for nothing on the cross Essentially, I mean, Is that without what, essentially what you're saying, essentially going with the idea of you don't need to believe that Jesus was the son of God, just that you need to be a good person and be just be good and you'll get into heaven for mm-hmm. being a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that view. Yeah. A lo- I think <laughs> as I talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a couple things about this whole idea of the atonement and it's based. We get the w- kind of the picture of it in the Old Testament, right? And it kind of comes to its fulfillment with Jesus in the New Testament, and uh, a couple verses that jump out to me. One, and I have to put on my reading glasses here. One is uh, Matthew twenty twenty eight. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life uh, as a ransom for many. Second um, Corinthians five fourteen. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all. That word all there means substitution. He died in our place, by the way. Um, 
John 6, 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the world as well. And then I think of Romans chapter 5, uh, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good, good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for this. While we are still sinners, Christ died uh, for us. And so we just have this idea that Christ died in our place, and that's why we have the, uh, um, the idea of the atonement. So if we go back to the, what the word means, it means to cover or to, um, what did I say, placate. I wasn't going to say the word wipe away, but uh, I mean erase, but wipe away would be part of that reconcile or harmony as well. First uh, Corinthians 6 says, you were bought with a price, therefore honor God in your life. Um, those kinds of concepts come out as well. So one of the things that's happened over time is that people speculate, theologians like to speculate, and they will, well, what value is there in the atonement? And one is that we're owned by Satan, and Jesus had to pay the price to get us away from Satan, and that's called the ransom theory of the atonement. And people have, by and large, rejected that because Satan didn't really own us in, um, in that way as well. And then there is one, um, another theory is that when Jesus died on the cross, it reversed all the effects of sin in the world so that people are not sinners. They're actually, um, all that, the fall was erased. It's taken away. And I don't think that's what happened at the atonement as well. Another popular one is this, that Jesus died on the cross just to be a role model for us. Have you heard that before? I haven't. So it's the idea that Jesus was obedient to God. He's just a role model of, of submission and obedience to God the Father. Well, I think the death of Christ had, that's not the primary purpose <laughs> yeah. of Jesus dying on the cross, just to be a role model uh, for us as well. Another one is just simply, it's called the moral view, that Jesus died on the cross because he loves us so much. True statement. And that is the purpose of this atonement, that we would know how much God loves us. And that seems to just fall short to me of the, um, of the idea of the atonement. It, 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 certainly Jesus loved us. We read lots of passages on that. But the power of the atonement is that it removes and covers our sin so that we can be uh, A-OK with God, right with God. And then... Another view is simply, which I would subscribe to, and it's called penal substitution. Have you ever heard that word? I don't, but that sounds like a fun word to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And it has to, it has to do with uh, uh, the penal system, punishment, right? So, and Jesus died in our place as our substitute. So we violated God's law, and death is a quant for the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus took our place and died for us so that we could live. And that's the view that, that most Bible-believing Christians have, and I, and, and I get that. So with that, I just want to talk for a minute about, about that substitution thing, that 
some people chafe at that, that God would send his son to die for us, and that's child abuse. Oh, interesting. And that's kind of a good point. Okay. So uh, I was in a meeting, an interview meeting, and that question was asked of the person being interviewed. How would you answer that question? And the, I didn't ask that question first <laughs> off. And I went, wow, that is really a stiff kind of question uh, to ask. But God loves us. He knew that death was not final for Jesus. He's going to live again, the resurrection. And so uh, Jesus voluntarily went to the cross. And so God the Father allowed him uh, to do that. Is how I would kind of answer that question. So one of the things, well, what's all the practical nature of this? Well, I was talking to a buddy of mine a few days ago, very smart guy, uh, well-trained in the Bible. He said, hey, there's a connection between the atonement and our guilt. And I began to look up passages about that because Romans and Hebrews make the point that our guilt is, is erased at the cross at the atonement. So I stand as a guilty person, and I want to say guilt in the sense of my conscience. I have a guilty conscience. So, you know, when I do something that I know I shouldn't, my conscience bothers me. Has that ever happened to you, Taylor? Never, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's would we, oh, go not, to, not to go off topic, mm -hmm. but would we say that feeling of guilt is the Holy Spirit? Sure. Okay. Absolutely could be. Yeah. Could be the spirits convicting. It could be, though, that um, yeah, I just feel guilty because God created me with a conscience of some kind. So the atonement, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1 and 2. So therefore, what I would say is that the atonement is very practical because what can be done with your guilt, your guilty conscience? I can't erase my own guilty conscience. And I can try all kinds of things to do that. Self-help books. I can try to buy into uh, don't worry, be happy, or whatever kind of philosophy you want. But still, deep down, people are left with, I have this guilty conscience. And I've had people tell me and sit in this office that something they did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, is still... Um, making them have this guilty conscience. And so I always go back to the cross of Christ to remind them that your guilt, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, the guilt has been taken care of. So you may feel guilty, but the accusation of guilt has been erased. In other words, God is not saying you're guilty, and it might be that I'm not aware that he's declared me innocent, that I don't need to go around with this guilty conscience because Jesus' death paid for that and allowed me to have a clean conscience, a clear conscience. Have you ever heard that before? You're looking at me like, I'm thinking about that one. <laughs> Taking it all in. Taking it all in. So here's my one of my examples about the atonement. So. A uh, number of years ago, there was a big true story. There was a big tornado in the Midwest, and a mother took her two children in her trailer, in her trailer, so very unstable homes. Uh, trailers aren't made to go through tornadoes. And she covered 
the two little kids with a mattress and then to hold the mattress on top of them, she laid on top of the mattress. So she died, but her kids lived. And to me, that's one of the, it's probably hard to get a perfect illustration about the atonement, but that's the atonement. She covered them with her life so that they could live. And that's what happened to us. The Son of God died in our place so that we could live and that our consciences could be clear. And as Romans chapter 5 says, we have peace with God. It's hard to have peace with somebody if you have a guilty conscience. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So so I think that's the importance of the atonement. Any last things you want to say about the atonement, Taylor, or thoughts you have? Um, I think that you're good yeah okay great hey that's the atonement this week so we dived into a little bit of a theological term the atonement and in someday i'm going to try to do a series on theological words and try to get that as a series for the podcast hey grace and peace be with you and have a clean conscience because jesus died for you